Hey guys, as you may or may not know, I have started a Patreon for the Running Deep podcast. Now, if you are enjoying these episodes and want to help a brother out, please head over to the show notes. And uh, if you do have a bit of spare change, I would really much appreciate uh, any help whatsoever. Look, I'm not looking for handouts. I'm, I'm not looking for someone to feel sorry for me. You know, again, in this day and age, things are tougher than they were couple years ago so now I am asking for a bit of financial help a little push to get in the right direction because I do want to sit down you know and face to face with my guests I think that's the best way to go and you know it does cost me money and until I can get to a point where I'm financially stable to be able to do a weekly podcast in this studio uh, yeah, I'm just going to rely on you guys and whatever I can uh, make work for me now. But again, all your support is appreciated and I can't wait to do more of these in the future. So yeah, when I come up with an obstacle, I go, well, you did this really hard thing in the past. You navigated that. There's always going to be a way that you can navigate this or whatever you're going through at the moment. So I think going through something really hard and putting yourself in the pain cave and, you know, doing all those really challenging things can only set you up for being able to handle those hurdles when they come up in the future. That's Nicole Miller, and this is the Running Deep Podcast. here to introduce you to a game changer in the world of performance headwear, Fractal. Now, you know, I've always believed that our passion for sports and the great outdoors should never be compromised by anything, especially not by our gear. And that is why I'm beyond excited to share with you the incredible world of Fractal performance headwear. Now, Fractal hats are not just your ordinary hat. They're engineered with innovation and precision to elevate your outdoor experience like never before. Whether you're pushing the boundaries in an ultra marathon or seeking mindfulness on a peaceful run, these hats are designed to keep up with your every move. Now, they are built to withstand the most challenging conditions, crafted with premium materials that wick away moisture, keep you dry and cool when the intensity rises. But wait, yes, it gets better. Fractal doesn't just excel in functionality, their hats are a testament to style and sophistication with a range of captivating designs and colors. You'll find a hat that resonates with your soul and embodies your spirit as an athlete. Now, I've got some really, really cool news. So I've teamed up with Fractal and they are offering an exclusive discount for our listeners. Just use the code RUNNINGMATTERS at checkout and you will receive a 15% discount on your purchase. That's right. 15% off to upgrade your headwear game. You know, every athlete understands the importance that one piece of gear that becomes an extension of who you are. For me, fractal hats have become that symbol. A symbol of unity, of pushing boundaries, of connecting with nature on a profound level. So please don't miss this opportunity to experience fractal's difference firsthand. Head over to fractal.com now and remember to use the code running matters during checkout to claim your 15% off discount. It's time to embrace your journey 
unleash your potential and look damn good whilst doing so with fractal performance headwear now back to the show and welcome back to this week's episode of the running geek podcast thank you so much for joining me on this week's very special episode because we get to learn a bit now on this week's episode i sit down with nicole miller now nicole miller is a ultra endurance athlete a dietitian a pt and a sports scientist now nicole has done one 100 miler and couple a couple ultras couple two or i think two 100 kilometer runs um, so, you know, the whole reason behind this episode was to get someone on who practices what they preach and, you know, preaching that of nutrition, you know, how to fuel ourselves through these big endeavors, you know, and, and basically how to fuel ourselves in general. I know I've got a problem with that. So to sit down and just talk to her about this was really, really cool. You know, we go into topics such as, you know, just the basic mistakes we make as amateur athletes. Uh, the importance of fueling for your training sessions and you know nutrition planning. What are we looking for? How do we make the right choices? Because in this day and age, as you would have seen on your online world, uh, there's a lot of gurus out there that are, I guess, giving us information. It's not the right information. Um, it's not the wrong information. It's just information. It's what you do with that information that counts. And cutting through the shit, we also hear, you know, this is good for us, this is bad for us, you know, so what is correct? So to sit down with her and talk about that was really, really cool. And, you know, to look at just focusing on the basics with training and nutrition, you know, focusing on the 99%, not the 1%. But I'll leave this for the episode. Please enjoy this conversation with me and Nicole Miller. Thanks for doing this. Like you're the yeah, no problem. You're the uh, what the I guess the first guest for the the podcast for 2024, and um, yeah, I just thought like usually like you've listened to the podcast before, and you know I get I guess how do I explain it? You know, you, you're still an athlete, but I get you know athletes on who you know they don't do what you do, and like for the, for the listeners, um. You know, if you want to explain basically what you do, like you, you what do you do? Like, I, I know what you do, but. Yeah, um, I guess short story, um, I'm a dietitian. Um, I have a background um, of a sports scientist and a personal trainer as well. But I guess to get there, um, I've done every sort of sport to try and get there so I actually I actually started swimming swimming was kind of like my the start of everything I had swum from like when I was a baby right up till I think I was about 19 or 20 when I stopped that um like, comp- so like that, competition yeah yeah like yeah. um so I went to national national level with swimming um so yeah grew up with it swimming till I was about 20 I just fell out of love with it um and I was training like twice a day five hours a day like it was just ridiculous it was crazy Mm. um and I think that was kind of the catalyst or the the turning point 
um, that kind of got me into nutrition and it got me into all my training and what I do now um, mm. because I think I was training so hard but there were so many things that I was not doing outside of my swimming that mm. kind of just contradicted all the hard work that I was putting in. I wasn't eating good. I was mm. training fasted in the morning. I was like eating Maccas. It was just not a great combo for trying to do mm. national level swimming, right? Um, so I think I kind of, I don't think I realized that until I stopped swimming though. Mm. I think I stopped swimming and then I was like, shit, I could have been so much better if I had done all of the good stuff like sleep well and nutrition and and all of that I could have mm-hmm. like what could I have done I could have been so much better so I think that was I kind of was like oh damn what can I do to explore you know that avenue and I kind of just turned to nutrition I was like okay well let's go down the nutrition path and let's learn about it let's mm. do it all right like, I think like so from what I was saying at the start you know like the whole reason I want to get you on and why you're I guess I followed you for a while and like specifically you is because you know how do I how do I say it nicely you come from a background of sport right so you you've which which I want to dive into you know you've done a couple of ultras I didn't know you were a swimmer now I know um you know so you've been at that high level of performance basically your entire life where you know you get and and again we will touch on this you know in the online world you get a lot of gurus who you know are not practicing what they preach where you are practicing what you preach plus you know learning on the way where you, you the, the way i look at it is that you know you let's say you've got a pt and you've got two pts you've got one who's really fit active and you know looks great and then you've got a pt who's quite i guess overweight doesn't look and it doesn't look and feel that the part a pt should play who are you going to listen to more like of course you're going to listen to the person that aligns with being a pt so for you you know this is why i wanted to get you on to to get someone who's in it to get someone who understands i guess what goes on with the human body because like again we all oh fuck we me especially (laughs) i cannot preach anything to do with nutrition because i'm i'm so unhealthy on the inside like again what you're saying the mcdonald's like you know i've got two kids and it's i guess i'm just making excuses now like mcdonald's is like a chicken nugget (laughs) you know um it's a once or twice like a week thing can I get better at that? Yes. Am I lazy to cook because I'm tired from work and that? Yes, as well. So it's like this balance. Majority of the time I eat well, but I guess not to the extent of what I should be at the level I'm training at the moment. So I think the the next question, I guess, to sort of put this on track is, you know, especially with you taking on new clients and I guess like you, you're a you're part of the Mega Run crew as well, and you you're surrounded by runners, and you were mm-hmm. surrounded by swimmers. What is like the one of the main, I guess, mistake? Uh, can you call it a mistake? I guess yeah, main mistakes that you see with just athletes in general, like not even 
you know, high level athletes, low level athletes, amateur athletes, whatever it is, just athletes in general. Mm, yeah. I think there's, yeah, I think there's a few. Definitely underfueling in general. So not giving your body enough fuel for the output that you're doing. So, and I see it a lot in the running community that I'm involved with at the moment, um, whether it's just like training fasted and then not having uh, breakfast afterwards. I think just in general, underfueling for the work that you're doing. So, um, and there's a lot of people as well doing like intermittent fasting and, you know, all of that sort of diets and stuff as well. And I think a lot of, and especially in the running community, I think a lot of it comes down to, to be the best runner, I have to be the lightest version or I have to be, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, yeah, that's yeah, me. Is it, yeah, it's a common misconception. Like I have to be the lightest runner to be the best. And it's so not true. Um, do you do you think that's fueled by like the online world that we live in at the moment? Again, like I have a love hate. Uh, fuck, I sound like a broken record on this. <laughs> I have a love hate relationship with, I guess, social media and I guess the new sort of hybrid athlete that they want to call themselves. Who you know, the physique is gorgeous. You know, yeah. and they can lift really really heavy, but also run really really fast. Uh, do you think that has something to play in with, I guess, the Instagram runners or just runners in general that you have to look a certain way to be at that level? Yeah, I definitely think social media has a big impact on that sort of thing. Um, and I think it comes down to, well, I think it is, like you, you don't see what's going on behind that pretty little Instagram page and it, whether it's a hybrid athlete or a runner or whatever it is, you see, you know, they're what I eat in the day and it's amazing food and you see the training that they're doing and you see all the perfect side of it, but you never see behind the scenes, right? They don't want to show you that they're struggling to sleep or that they're crashing at two o'clock in the afternoon because they're, they're wrecked, they're, they're tired. So you don't see that stuff because they don't want to show it. So yeah, I think social media, it's it's good and it's bad because there's so much awesome stuff on social media as well. Mm. There's so much awesome stuff. Like, I don't know, five, ten years ago, you'd never be able to jump on and get half the information that you can off social media. Mm. But, yeah, the other side of it is three-quarters of it is just BS as well. So it's, it's hard. It, it's really hard for people who don't have a background or the knowledge mm. to cipher mm-hmm. through that information. It's so hard and I don't blame them for it. So like, yeah, going back to, you know, you, you see these guys, you know, sort of under, under fueling is one of the, the main, main ones, but when I did the, the way I put it in my head is like, I'm, if you took me on as a client, I would be fucking horrible. Like, I hate eating in the mornings. Like, and again, I don't necessarily have the intent of fasted cardio, but that's just me. Like, I don't enjoy eating in the mornings because I just feel if I'm going to, it's going to be a shake or it's going to be liquid calories that are easily digestible. Um, But then again, you see these people that are doing toast with peanut butter and 
all sorts of stuff and you're like I, I can't do that so when it comes to un, like under fueling are you physically talking about just not eating enough or not eating enough when it comes to like training mm, yeah and I think um definitely both so not eating enough across the whole day in general mm. but then yeah not eating enough before during and after training as well so and I think where you came from like you know I, I can't eat in the morning and you know whatever I eat comes up and it repeats on me or I just feel gross mm. when I eat before or during training is really common um, and I think that's another one of the mistakes that people make is they might not be choosing the right foods to eat before mm. or during their workouts or um, they might just simply not be training their gut enough to tolerate the amount of food that they're having. So mm. for you, it could be like a big shake might just be too much. Like it's just mm. too much for your gut to then go and do a 50K, 100K cycle or whatnot. But for some other people, they could smack down a whole pizza and be fine. So, mm. yeah, training, training gut's a big one. Um, but, yeah, just generally not eating enough the entire day. So if you're not eating enough before a session, then afterwards you're waiting a few hours, you're having a piece of toast with some peanut butter, then you're waiting until lunchtime and you kind of, you know, your appetite's starting to ramp back up. It's, yeah, it's really hard to fit in that amount of food in the day, essentially. Yeah. So like we like now I just want to switch gears here a bit, like for your own story, you know, so we, we've been talking a bit prior to this and you've done 200Ks, which mm -hmm. again, the ones you did, I just don't like. Oh, so you did. Uh, what was it? The I've done uh, BTU. The, yeah, yeah. BTU. So hundred miles. Hundred miles. Yep. <laughs> and then you did uh, Black Hole twice. Yeah, the Black Hole one hundred. Yeah. So I wanted to touch on the hundred miler because you know hundred k. You know uh, every every. Everyone's doing 100Ks now. Like 100Ks become like the new 50K and people are pushing themselves. But it's the 100 miler that like you're going an extra 60 kilometers like that to mm. me. Like I've only done one and that was on a uh, athletics track. That was mm. fucked. That was just completely fucked. But I for feel you. Like that would be that, harder. <laughs> um, It was harder. Not me of it. Uh, it becomes like a, I don't want to sound cliche, but it's like a spiritual thing. You sort of, you're in the, you're in yeah. your head and that's zone, the whole yeah, reason I do out. it. Yeah. Where, you know, for a hundred mile on trails with what, 8,000 meters of elevation, you know, I, I've done a hundred K trail run before and you think you've been running for like an hour and it's been 20 minutes. Like, you know, so for you and what we were just talking about before with, you know, training your gut, what were some of the main things that sort of came up for you during that, like, 100-mile race? Actually, how did, how long did it take you? Uh, it took me 33 hours. Yeah, so I started um, midnight Friday. This was back in July. I started midnight um, on the Friday, which in itself is a really mm. rough time to start any sort of race. But, yeah, midnight Friday, and then I finished 
oh, 33 hours. I think it was like nine o'clock on the Sunday morning. Yeah. And like through <laughs> that entire, I'm going to call it an ordeal, you know, what were some of the things that were coming up for you? Like, especially like with training your gut, like were you fueling enough? Were you, were you sort of, you know, practicing what you preach? Yeah. Yeah. I think my nutrition actually went amazing. I know that's not the case for some, you know, a lot of people, but my nutrition during that 100-mile race went awesome. And I put that down to the fact that I spent a solid four to six months prior trialing every food, training with every food multiple times, um, figuring out what worked, figuring out what didn't work. I had tried everything in all different combinations five, ten times before the actual race. Mm. Um, and that was probably the biggest thing that, you know, contributed to my nutrition going right in the first place. So, um, yeah, for a solid four to six months before the 100 miler, even if it was a, a five or a 10K run, I would, you know, what am I going to have before my run that I can potentially be having before my miler? Let's train with that. Let's train with um, some of the gels I might be wanting to use in the 100 mile. Let's try the electrolyte drinks out and let's see how my body reacts to that. Mm. So everything that I used in my run, I had used a 100 times in training mm. before. So that was the biggest thing. What were What were some of the things? Like I've heard some really whack shit especially with ultra runners like um like pick pickle juice shots um yeah. <laughs> pe peanut butter and pickle juice mi like mixed into like a slurry which i went oh, oh, i don't know about that um no. <laughs> uh, made of mine mushed a banana and honey into you know like a ziploc bag mushed it yeah. up and was like use that as a gel like a, a yeah. natural gel which I'm like, I, again, I don't, like, I'm I'm like a solid foods guy. Like, I will eat, I, get, I guess the shorter stuff, I can't stomach, but if it's the long, long-haul stuff, you know, I can eat a pizza. Like, I can, like, I guess yeah. I've got, in a way, iron gut when I have to, but, you know, when it's, like, normal training and then I'm, I, I just can't eat. But then on the, you know, 48-hour run, I was eating, like, rice balls, like, just high, just high calorie, dense yep. food, and I was okay. I could run, so I guess you know, each to their own for that one. So, like, what were some of the things for you that, I guess, I'm just trying to paint a picture for people who are just trying to get into it, and you know, yeah, what what works, what doesn't work, like what worked for you. So yeah, well, like some yeah. of those, I guess, was there My... any wacky shit? Oh yeah, uh, probably the the wackiest thing. Um, that I had was a Macca's cheeseburger. Um, oh, that's not about, too bad. <laughs> it's not, no, it's not too weird. It wasn't, it's not pickle juice and peanut butter, that's for sure. Um, yeah, a Macca's cheeseburger was probably the weirdest thing I had. But my nutrition, it was a mixture. So it was gels. Uh, I had salt and vinegar chips, two-minute noodles. Um, what else did I have? some Vegemite sandwiches, those little banana chips, like the dried banana mm -hmm. chips, um, and the dried apricot bites. A little I saw you post few. that today, I think. 
Was yeah, it today? You can, yeah. yeah, you can get them in bars as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So some of those and like snake lollies. So lots of solid foods, definitely yeah. lots of solid foods. And I think it depends on the intensity that you're going as well. Like if I was going to be sprinting, you know, well, maybe not sprinting, but if I was going to go a half marathon, there's no way you'd be eating Vegemite sandwiches in two minute noodles, mm. right? But the longer you go generally, the less intense you're going to be going quite slow. So you can tolerate those Vegemite sandwiches, the two minute noodles, um, some more of those solid foods. So yeah, that was generally what I ate. Um, the, the other thing I think is like I had a really, I had a very solid idea of what I would want, but mm. It's good to know that that can absolutely always change for no reason at all. I remember craving salt and vinegar chips for hours, and then the next few hours I could not even look at a salt and vinegar chip. Mm. So that's one of the challenges, I suppose. The longer you go, you just have to be prepared to switch up your nutrition mm. and find something different that works on a whim. So whilst we're here, you know, like how was that experience? Because like as we spoke about earlier, you know, elevation, oh, fucking elevate, oh, just the, I hate elevation. You know, I, I really, uh, my brain doesn't sit well with it. Like to even hear, you know, was it, it was 8,000 metres? Yeah, under. I think it was just under, yeah. But see, like nearly 8, ever, like Everesting, like, yeah, that that is so much climbing and so much downhill. So, like through through your whole experience, you know, like take just walk us through it, like because it that's that's a to me that I would never do that one in my life. <laughs> I didn't think so either. I didn't I, personally. I didn't think I'd be doing something like that either. Um, yeah, it, it was a midnight start, so that was the first challenge I obviously I didn't sleep at all before that because I had grand plans of going to bed at like four or five o'clock and waking up fresh as a daisy but that didn't work out um so I was awake yeah midnight start um I actually had in the lead up to the run a lot of ITB issues so that was mm. probably the thing I was most nervous about um I wasn't really nervous about my nutrition I had that a, a huge plan for that but it was my ITB that I was, you know, if this goes, if my ITB starts playing up, that's that's me, that's that's done. Um, so yeah, I started and it it started hurting at three k's in. Oh, <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, yep, it was not great, and I think three k in, it would have been I don't know, like just after midnight, my brain was just oh my God, that's the end of it. My ITB is going to go and I'm going to stop and I'm going to have to pull out at 10K or something. But um, the weird thing about ultras and as you you do these things, something will come up like a a sore hip or a sore knee or whatnot. But just as quickly as it will come up, a lot of the times it goes away and something else will pop up. Yeah. It's the brain. It's Yeah, it's weird. It's, so it started hurting. My knee started hurting at 3K. I don't remember when it went away, but it just, I don't know. I, let's just say it warmed up and it went away. Um, 
I rolled my ankle at about 50K. Um, nice. So that was nice and balloony. Um, but yeah, up until about 50K, all was amazing. Like nutrition, I was taking mm. on every half an hour, I was having just a small amount of um, food. So I had like a, a bit of a plan and I set my watch up to remind me to eat every sort of half an hour. Everything was awesome. Um, yeah, 50K, everything was even awesome up until about 100 kilometres in. And my watch died. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, it's, it doesn't count. Yeah, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Oh, I'm, I made it count. Yeah, it definitely counts. But my watch died. So um, it stopped obviously telling me when to eat because I had no uh, mm. idea of time. You know, it, my watch was telling me to eat every half an hour. So as soon as that died, it was, I don't know when half an hour is. I mm. like got no idea. So I guess that was a bit of a, a hurdle to play around with. I had to sort of, you know, until I could get a watch charger at the next aid station, which was like 20 Ks, it was go off how your body's feeling, try and remember when, you know, every half an hour yeah. roughly when to take on food. So that was interesting. But um, yeah, the elevation was, like you said, it, um, it was mental. So. Was there any point during that, like, where you were like, I guess we all get to that point on these big endeavours where it's, uh, you know, mm. I want to fucking go home. Like, I like, I guess, again, with the, with the online world that you see the video of them, like, in the pain cave or going through that, that really, I guess, that funk. But when you're in it, there's no, you're not pulling motivation from videos. You're not, like, you're <laughs> in it and you're sitting in that funk, in that dark hole where, you know, the words of the people that are crewing you are not are not getting in. Like you are in with mm. your own thoughts and everything sucks and you just want to go home. Like did you ever experience that just dark, I don't like this anymore? Why am I doing this? A hundred percent, yeah. And I think it was definitely about the 100K mark um, that's, that would have been the longest I would have ever run before. And that was the point that my watch died. So that was kind of, I was so tired and I was so emotional. And yeah, that was the point that I was like, oh, screw it. That's the furthest you've ever run before. Let's just call it a day, go home and, and get good in your pajamas. And yeah, yeah. good. Yeah, good enough. But um, I think you really have two little, you know, you've got that little angel and the little devil on your shoulder. And the devil's like, oh, no, screw it. Go home, put your PJs on. You've done, like, a really good job. And then you've got the other voice on your other shoulder going, if you go home and put your PJs on, you're going to feel like shit because you've given up. Like, you want to do this. You have to finish this. So, yeah, I remember it was, like, the middle of the night on the second night and I was, in tears to my boyfriend, in tears to my mom, like calling them on the phone. I don't want to do this. Why did you let me do this? Like, is there any excuse that you can give me to pull out? Um, but then that's when you kind of need a, a really good crew to go. Like my parents were like, well, 
did you expect this to be easy? Like you wanted to do this, you signed up for this. Don't get upset and expect there to be an easy way out. There's no easy way out. You either have to keep going and just put one foot in front of the other. Like that's your only choice at the moment. So you have to have a really good crew to kind of give you a bit of tough love for sure. Oh yeah. Like it just, the, the hardest, like the way I relate to that, I pulled out, oh, I was going for the BVRT 100 miler about two years ago. I went in with an ITB injury. Everyone's heard this story on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I just wanted every excuse. I was just finding excuses. I got to 60 kilometers and my ITB was like, fuck, fucked. Yeah. And I knew, you know, I, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm calling it quits. But then I get a phone call from my wife saying, you know, how are you going? I'm like, yeah, she was super quiet. She's gone, oh, I've broken my foot. I'm like, oh, f- like the gods, um, like that yeah, was my, that's my first excuse. real. But it, it was a good enough excuse because she was with my um, or her grandmother who's 80 with two young children. She has to go to hospital. What happens if the grandmother's, yeah, anyway. So yeah. we, you know, that was like my first real DNF and that's where I felt, you know, I could have pushed on, but this actually stopped me. I had to get picked up. I had to go to the hospital. So you know, again, I was trying to, I was calling everyone. I was like, I don't know if I can do this. I'd, so like, you you signed up for this. Like, this is what you wanted. You knew it was going to suck. Like, what what else did you expect? And I'm like, ah, oh, fair enough. Then the phone call comes. I'm like, ah, oh, thank, thank fuck for that. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that's a fair reason. Yeah. But yeah. I think you, yeah, you look for, I think you look for, other people to say oh it's okay you can stop try to validate all the feelings that you've got Mm. going on in your head but a really good crew will be like no like it's not like yeah keep going like you don't want a crew that's going oh if you're really sore and tired it's okay if you pull out it's it's fine you've done a really good job like that's nice but you don't you don't want that in a crew when you're going for that long you need that tough love and you need them to yeah. say suck it up like keep going yeah. and at the end like you know well you i guess you'd be super proud like when you push through like push through those barriers like those mental barriers like you know how did you feel at the end of that and like that feeling that elation that that i guess feeling of achievement and success i guess like how does that translate over into what you do now with you know your business and what you're doing with coaching mm, yeah i think I, I i don't think i appreciated it in the moment as much as i should oh, I don't have. think anyone ever does <laughs> i think i was that sleep deprived at the time that after 33 hours on the trails plus an extra i don't know half a day of no sleep i think i was just not all there but um yeah definitely like so proud I think that's one of my biggest achievements and I think when it comes to now what I do not even just in my business like not even just with work even friendships or family or life or other obstacles that come up in my way I always draw back on something hard that I've done which was probably the mile like that's one of the hardest things I've done um 
so yeah, when I come up with an obstacle, I go, well, you did this really hard thing in the past. You navigated that. There's always going to be a way that you can navigate this or whatever you're going through at the moment. So I think going through something really hard and putting yourself in the pain cave and, you know, doing all those really challenging things can only set you up for being able to handle those hurdles when they come up in the future, for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, you put that really, really well. So I, I guess I want to change gears here a bit and sort of go back to, you know, what you're doing with the nutrition side of things. Um, When you, I guess this is just a personal question, like when you bring on an athlete or, or anyone in general, I, I think this is sort of, mixed in with the whole online world where you've got your gurus who, you know, we, we spoke about this as well, you know, kale's good, kale's bad, oatmeal's good, oatmeal's bad, fasted cardio's good, fasted cardio's bad, don't eat meat, meat meat's good, meat's bad, vitamin D is, like, you know, there's so much shit and, it, and it's so saturated online and, you know, there's people debunking this and debunking that, and the debunkers are debunking the debunkers, and you're like, "What <laughs> yeah. is fuck? What's what's real? What is going on?" Because you've got four different sides to, like to this, and it sort of plays into you know, with someone who actually studied this, who knows what they're doing. You are you're accredited dietitian, like you you've done the work. You know, you, when you bring on a client of some sort, you know, how do you cut through the shit? and go this i guess this plan i don't want to call it a diet like let's just say this plan is going to work for you for this long and then we can do do pivot like how does that all work for you yeah i think when someone comes to me um and let's say they are really highly influenced by social media they've got a really good idea of what they think they should be doing and they propose that to me um, and it's absolute, you know, it's just the social media BS that's, you know, I should be having 10 eggs a day because it helps with weight loss or something crazy. And they come with all of these, I don't know, weird things that they think Mm. they should be doing. I think um, from my perspective, it's really important not to invalidate that because if I turn into the person, you know, if they've come to me and I turn into the person that goes, no, that's wrong, that's wrong, you're wrong, everything that you're reading is wrong, um, it kind of just breaks that trust and it just, it doesn't make them feel very good. Mm. You know, if you come to me and you go, oh, should I be doing this? And I think this is good and this has been working, but I'm not sure. And if I go, everything that you're telling me is wrong, you're not going to feel that great. So I think it's important for me not to invalidate, you know, whatever they've seen on social media. Um, But I take it from first, I would go through and ask so many questions and just honestly get to know the person's lifestyle, get to know their medical history, get to know what they do on the weekend. Do they eat out? Do they have a big family that they live with? Um, All of their lifestyle and dietary habits just really get to know them before we even start figuring out the plan for them. Um, 
And then I think after that, like after I've got a really good idea of what their lifestyle is, then we can sort of go, well, is eating 10 eggs a day going to work with your lifestyle? Is that going to be good? Because, I mean, for some people it might be fine. For some people it absolutely is not fine. So it's very dependent on the person. Um, Yeah, I think it's really just about getting to know them, figuring out what's best for that person compared to another person um, and just tailoring your advice to them tailoring your plan to them because your plan is going to look so different to Bob next door. Mm. He's mm. not going to be eating the same foods as you and vice versa. I think, yeah, that was what I was going to touch on. I think a lot of people need to see that we are all different. Like, I guess, mm. again, you, you look at the people next to you and you go, oh, if he's doing this, I should eat this and I'm going to get the same results. And I'll put my hand up, you know, like I've, I can be a PT if I want. I've got, I did my cert for all that stuff to, and then did some other. Anyway, what I would do, I would give people a cookie cutter diet of what I did. You know, I wasn't, I was, you know, oh, this is 2014, but, you know, people looked at me and went, oh, I want to look like that because I went through a bodybuilding phase and, you know, did shows and whatnot and, you know, got to 110 kilos and people are like, oh, cool. I want to look like that. How can I look like that? And I went, here you go. This is what I did. Not taking into mm-hmm. an, you know, account of allergy, like just general, like general allergies, like, you know, mm-hmm. can't eat peanut butter. I'm like, how am I going to, I don't know enough about food to, you know, swap out peanut butter because it's, you know, you're looking at the macronutrients. I'm like 54 to hundred grams of fat. I'm just saying, conversation so yeah. how do i yeah. how do i change the fats like what what foods am i putting in to make the same macronutrients as this and you know so i would just give them what i did change a few things and go oh there you go and people would pay me for it and i think that's what's happening mm. now like there's a lot of mm. people that go if it worked for him it works for me and it, it doesn't like all our life like what i've started to see is that all our lives are so complex and intricately different you know some people work overnights and you know, get up at lunchtime and they don't feel like breakfast food, but, you know, you've been told you've got to eat 10 eggs or you've got to eat this and an avocado, you know, and it's, I think the main theme and what I'm getting from what you're saying is do what works, like literally what works for you and your life and how you do things. Like, yeah, I guess for me, I, I feel comfortable training, you know, just with a jet, like, if I have to eat something before a session, it'll be it'll be a gel. I'm not doing a banana or I'm every now and again if I feel like I might do a banana, but I feel good. I, it works for me. But then after, you know, I'll have a massive refeed. I'll feed, I'll fuel my body afterwards. Before, not so much. After I I feel good, but that you know, that work that works for me. And then I'll have a big meal at night and maybe that's why I don't feel hungry in the morning. Um where you know, you, you get athletes that are like I've got a mate who will have six eggs, you know, four pieces of toast. But skinny is anything, you know, and, and his training, I guess he's, you know, training 15 to 20 hours a week. So he has to eat. But, yeah. you know, would that work for me? No. Like I, yeah. that's just a lot of food and I don't train enough to that capacity to, to I, I guess, go there but am i on the right track with that like saying that 
just do what works for you, the the client, or yeah, definitely. Uh, to a degree, obviously, there's really strong evidence to say that if you have a a pre training snack, um, it doesn't have to be a meal, but just a snack, a banana, a gel, a glass of orange juice, that you know mm. you're gonna perform better, you're gonna feel better. Um, but yeah, whether you can tolerate a gel or whether you can tolerate a banana, that's going to be different person to person. So, mm. um, yeah, and definitely, like you said, swapping out peanut butter or some people do night shift or even cultural differences and that, training yeah, that's load. Didn't even... Yeah, it's so different between every single person. So if if I just gave everybody, oh, here's what I eat, go and eat that and you'll be able to run 160 kilometers. I'm going to say nine out of 10 chance that it would absolutely not work because what I can eat is going to be so different to what someone else who's training for a hundred K or 160 K can eat. They probably can't eat a Macca's cheeseburger or, you know, that might not work for them. So yeah, it's so different person to person. Um, There's definitely guidelines though. So Having a pre-training snack is very beneficial. Eating sort of within a two-hour window max after training is is beneficial. Um, and then obviously eating enough overall is really obviously great as well so that you don't, mm-hmm. you know, you can perform. But apart from, you know, when to eat, the guidelines, the actual food, yeah, it's it varies. Like as long as you've got some carbohydrates, obviously for your energy, you don't want to be running, you know, just off fats and fiber. Mm. That's probably going to make your gut not feel so great, but carbs is generally the way to go. But yeah, what foods actually to eat, whether it's a banana or a gel or a piece of mm. toast is going to yeah be so different person to person. Now going off that, you know, this might be a dumb question, but, you know, you let's say you've got a run like for you, you were you were a you know top athlete for, for when, when it comes to swimming. Um, you know, so let's like just let's say you've got a rugby league player, you've got a cyclist, you've got a swimmer. You know, would you take that into account if you were doing some sort of plan for these guys? Like, you know, d- does the food you eat affect the actual sport you're doing? Does that make any sense? Like, if I yeah. ate, you know, a, a ribeye and that, would that affect me more if I was a rugby league player or a, or a cyclist? Like, did, I, I don't know if I'm articulating myself correctly. Does that make sense? Does yeah, it matter on the sport sort of, you're doing? Yeah, the types of foods. Um, so, you know, like carbs and protein, is that yeah, all yeah. different for different types of sports? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that. yeah. yes, yes and no. Um, obviously, so carbs are your energy, right? Basically, for all sports, all activity, you're going to be needing carb- carbohydrates. Um, purely that's your body's preferred source of fuel. So no matter the sport, whether it's triathlon or swimming, um, weightlifting. Like carbs are carbs. Carbs, yeah. Carbs is your energy. So um, having carbs before any type of sports, no matter really what it is, uh, would be the way to go. 
Um, there'd be definitely some tweaks between different sports. Um, say, like a swimming meet, you might have all day and you've got multiple swims spread out throughout the day. So you've really got a time when you can eat your carbohydrates, when you can have a, a more decent meal, what are your gaps between mm. that? So you're not swimming and having a full stomach. Um, so it might be timing that's more important in that mm. sport. But then you might have, um, you know, something like a triathlon, like a Olympic distance or, you know, Ironman distance where it's, you don't get a break. It's, you know, going for hours on end so you need to be able to figure out how you can carry your nutrition you know how you can tolerate eating nutrition while you're training or while you're actually exercising um you're not having a break where you can just sit down and open a leisurely sandwich and and eat mm. it so i think it's not so much the like what to eat carbohydrates are always going to be your fuel um you definitely need some some protein and obviously fruit and veggies in there as well it's not so much what to eat it's definitely mm. more timing and yeah. how you can take on that nutrition for your sport and going off you know carbohydrate as your main energy source what like this one i'm i've always again it's just so many different sides to the story when you go you know a fat adapted athlete you know, you've got people that are on a ketogenic diet who, you know, they claim it's the best way and it's the only way to go. And then you've got people going, no, that's unhealthy, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, can you explain to my guys, like, what the fuck is fat adapted? Like, what does that mean? Like, okay, to make this story even crazier, <laughs> there's there's a guy, um, Mike McKnight, who is a fat-adapted uh, ultra-endurance athlete. Like, he's done, like, coca donut. It's 250-mile race. Like, he's won a lot of races. He's fat-adapted, and he actually ran 100 miles eating nothing. He ate oh, no, <laughs> zero calories, nothing. But he's, he claims that because he was, a you know, a keto athlete that that got him there. So do, yeah. does that make any sense to you? Yeah, I mean, I absolutely would not recommend running a few hundred miles with zero food. I don't know how he did that. That's insane. Um, no liquid calories or anything? No, no, no. Like the only thing he had were these um, uh, like multivitamin, not multivitamin, but little tablets oh, that were, you know, for electrolytes, but they were, they were zero oh, okay. calories. So he had, he consumed yeah. like absolute zero and did it okay. in something like 18 or 16 or 18 hours. Yeah. And it was like, oh, my God. But he, he claims, yeah. you know, that keto, fat, high-fat diet helped him get there, which I'm still trying to wrap my head around because it doesn't make yeah. any sense. I mean, good on him. He probably on social media only showed the good stuff. I don't know if he was feeling too great afterwards, but I think it also, like, just because you can – doesn't mean you should right just because just because he could run without any food or you know go zero calories for a few hundred miles just because he can he can doesn't mean he should and doesn't mean everybody should for sure mm -hmm. um the whole 
so with the fat, you know, utilizing fat as energy and that kind of area, um, when you're at low intensity, your body will use fat as energy. But mm. once you sort of start increasing that intensity, um, you know, or you go sort of over that hour, hour and a half, and you increase that intensity, your body will turn to carbohydrates. So it will stop using fat as energy and it will turn to carbohydrates and it will use up carbohydrates. The idea of, um, you know, using fat, you know, not having any calories and probably where he was coming from, of, you know, not having any calories is that if your body is using fat at low intensities, but you're not giving it any carbohydrates to fuel, it's going to keep using fat and therefore you're going to keep, you know, your body's going to adapt to running off fat. Um, yeah, look, comes back to just because he can doesn't, be, does, you know, just because mm. he can doesn't mean you should, right? Yes, you might be able to go out and run a really low intensity or cycle a really low intensity um, training and your body can use fat as fuel, but there's no benefits of doing that over fueling with carbohydrates and using carbohydrates as fuel. Oh, it's just like I, I again, why I do the podcast is because I genuinely like learning about this stuff. Like this is you know, getting different perspectives. Mm -hmm. So when, like, let's say, would you, would you recommend just keto in general for nah? Nah, no. (laughs) Purely because a few things when, so keto basically is zero or very, very low carbohydrates and a high Mm. intake of fat. And I think a lot of the times people do it without a lot of knowledge and they obviously cut out all of their carbohydrates and they increase their fat but they're increasing uh, all of our saturated all of our unhealthy fats so they might just think oh I'm doing keto I can eat more bacon and I can eat more butter and all these saturated types of fats which are really linked to some negative impacts so cardiovascular health um, and whatnot but also, you're cutting out all your all your fruit and veggies, really, like your carbs. Mm. Like you, you need all of that stuff. You need all of your vitamins and nutrients. So, and definitely when it comes to athletes and training, um, yeah, keto is absolutely not the way to go. Just eat your carbs. Just now to, to piggyback off that, like what, like with you know what you're doing now, an athlete you know, your job right now, the clients you've taken on, running, everything in general, like what are some key things to give to, to me, to the guys that are going to listen to this, you know, as a dietitian, as someone who's lived it, who's breathed it, who trains, you know, what are some key tips that we can take away by, you know, optimizing, I guess, I don't want to call it a diet because a diet you have to, you're, you're in the like the confines of a diet. You're stuck with a diet. It's like a, an omen like i I want to call it a plan or something you know because i've you know i've dieted my whole life and that's probably that probably part of that is why i don't like eating because you know i got to 110 kilos part of me said i was fat like 
I was at a bulking stage and I was fat, I was strong, but I just didn't feel good in myself. So then I really wanted to cut the food. I knew food in my head, food was bad, you know? So I I don't like the word diet because a diet is like, you have to follow this regime. And I don't, for me personally, I just don't like calling it that. So for, you know, the athletes that are listening, what are some, you know, I guess key, like do your top three key tips to optimize what you put in your body, how you put in your body, when to put in your body, anything. Okay. Um, top three. Okay. I think first one um, is definitely, and it's not just related to nutrition, but focusing on your base, your base things. So, um, focusing on your sleep, focusing on just general nutrition, focusing on, um, you know, your recovery. Don't focus mm-hmm. on the little one percenters that aren't going to make a lot of difference. Like, don't focus on your greens powders or your um, little bougie micronutrient supplement that you, I don't know, some little oil or something that they said was going to improve your performance. I don't know, but don't focus so much on that stuff like awesome if you've got a really good base of nutrition you can maybe focus on a little supplement or somewhere down the line but focus on eating regular eating just enough good foods of everything focus on getting you know seven plus hours of sleep a night focus on getting enough recovery like you don't have to be hustling all the time and (laughs) grinding out five workouts a day like you can't recover from that just focus on the really base stuff before you focus on the one percenters that would be my first tip just Um, sorry to to cut in there so what you just said then it it is so funny so i I, a while back i so yeah sorry this is just this is a perfect example jack anstey i got on the podcast he is now the Australian record holder for the, I think, the mile, um, or sorry, mm-hmm. the kilometre, which is two minutes and 16 seconds. So yeah. he's a professional athlete. He is sponsored by Under Armour and he lives in the States. And when I got him on, I'm like, what is your day-to-day? And he goes, mate, my day-to-day is I train twice a day, I sleep and I eat, that's it. I'm like, yeah. so you, you don't do ice baths? He goes, oh, I do a bit of stretching here and there, but I don't. You know, I don't get an infrared sauna for 30 minutes a day. I don't do a cold plunge three times a day to, you know, get the hormone. All I do is I train, I eat before I train. I might have a nap during the day and then I train in the afternoon. I go to bed and I do it again and I'm consistent. That's it. So there's no like special, because I I eat well, like I have my vitamins and I, I, I do all that basic stuff, but there is no like special anything it is so basic and i just laugh because again the online world will show you i woke up at 4 a.m that sort of hustle grind culture yeah woke up at 4 a.m and and at 4 30 i read three books on double speed and then you know i i did a mindful meditation on on the treadmill for two hours and then at five o'clock you know it's like you know, and that helps me, but you know, it's like, oh, fuck off. Like, yeah, just, yeah. As you said, get <laughs> the lot. basics right. Get you, you know, seven to eight hours of sleep, eat healthy. Like, that's all you got to do. Like, 
and yeah. we overcomplicate it. I guess there's an agenda behind it and there's some sort of product or, I guess, persona they're trying to push and I understand it's a business and that's what creators mm. do. But as we've been talking about, it just there's so much dog shit on there. But sorry, that, yeah. that's I just have to cut in because it's just that. So number two, what's number two? Okay, uh, number two would be I think it's definitely tailored oh, to everyone and athletes, but not avoiding processed foods. So I think a lot of people and a lot of the people I see go, oh my gosh, to be the healthiest person, to be the best athlete, or to have the best healthy diet I need to be only eating whole foods no packaged foods no processed whatnot mm. and I think that can really hinder you know both their lifestyle whether it's a social point of view or whatnot but it can also really impact their performance as an athlete because if we think about it it will go back to carbs as energy um you know your quickest source of carb energy is going to be some of your processed foods some of your really simple mm. carbs so the apricot bars or the snakes lollies that i had in my run or the you know salt and vinegar chips um they're all processed foods but your body is going to use them the fastest so you know your your body's going to have a really hard time having a big bowl of rice and a big you know sandwich big bready meal it's going to have a really hard time digesting that and utilizing that as energy so i think people struggle with oh it has to be whole foods it has to be all organic and macro friendly whatnot but if you want quick performance boosting energy your processed foods are going to be so beneficial to you and it is not going to have any negative impact in terms of weight in terms of you know the performance is going to be so much more beneficial than detrimental i think yeah it comes back to that sort of diet that diet culture like you know there's there's mm. a there's an agenda being pushed by everyone and you know like i i was scared like the word processed like people don't realize pretty much everything's technically processed like oats yeah i don't eat like oats are processed like they they are yeah. processed that's you know yeah. so i think I, for me you know i was scared oh look i still have like how, how would i say it it's like a love-hate relationship with food and that's just a personal thing where you know i look at food as not bad but i just if i eat i my my head is if i eat i put on weight you know but mm -hmm. i'm not taking into an you know the account of do a lot of training i need to fuel and maybe that's part of the reason i've been sick for the past week and a bit you know i've just i've put myself under a lot of stress just not eating my body's going i need i'm pulling you know energy from everywhere i need something and you know daughter gets sick maybe that's a part of it as well but you know i i think we've got to just i guess for the guys listening try you know how to look through the bullshit like we mm. i think at the end of the day we all know what we we have to do i think we all have an idea of what's good and what's bad i think we just including myself we're looking for that that edge that that secret pill 
or that secret food yeah. or whatever the it one is. Percenters. The one, and I think we're all looking, you know, I'll put my yeah. hand up, you know, I wish there was a a diet that I could, <laughs> or a plan I could stick to and I'm going to get shredded, but also be really fast, really lean, you know. Mm. I wish there was, and I think we're all sort of looking for that. I don't know, like yeah. what are some of the we things? We want a fast people... fix. Yeah, We want a fast fix because yeah. who who wants to put in the work? Yeah, 100%. And it comes back to, yeah, everyone wants a really quick fix and everyone wants to either lose 10 kilos in five days or they want to run a PB tomorrow. But um, it just comes back to consistency and it goes back to doing the really boring things over and over again. Sleeping, you know, seven plus hours a night over and over again. Eating generally well throughout the whole day and eating enough over and over again um you know recovering over and over again it's not like a little greens powder and a magic pill is not going to get you there it just comes back to doing the boring stuff and doing it consistently well i think that's like i know we're pretty rough on time like we, we should be all right um what i sort of end these on and again thank you so much for sharing all that because i think for me, I've learned a bit. The guys who are listening have just to get a, the perspective of someone who's in it and doing it is just the mm-hmm. best. It's, I think it's the best way to do things. Um, what I usually ask at the end of these is like two major things. Is first one is, what do you want my audience to know about you? What do you want the world to know about you? Gosh, ah. Oh. About me. Um, uh, I would want them to know that I am a person that is still growing and still improving and still learning. Um, and I'm a person that I think I'm, I'm very privileged to have knowledge that I'm able to share with other people so that they can continue to grow and they can continue to learn and improve as well. So I'm still improving. I'm, I'm not perfect. I'm still growing, but I think, yeah, I'm, I'm privileged to have that to share with other people. And I've learned a lot from a lot of my successes, but also a lot of my setbacks as well. Nice. And the last one, I guess we didn't really touch on like, the mental health side of things with just food in general, as you can tell, I've got a bit of shit up there with eating, mm-hmm. but let, let's go like, you know, what is something you can say to the amateur athlete who wants to do the big thing, you know, whether it be a hundred kilometers, 50 kilometers, hundred miler, like, and you know, what's your message to them just to do it or, get up I, I don't know what is your message to the the amateur athlete that wants to find something new yeah if they want to do it I think um stop thinking about it so much and just sign up I mean that's what I did I you know sign up and then figure it out from there I think um a lot of people that I talk to they go oh in you know, in a few years, I might try this or 
oh, I don't think I'm ready to run, you know, 50K or a marathon yet. I'm just going to stick to the 10K or I'm not, I'm not ready to do an Ironman. I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. And mm-hmm. I think if you stay in your comfort zone and you never just do the thing, you're never going to do the thing. Just do the thing or just sign up to do the thing and figure out how to do the thing along the way. Because, yeah, if you stay in your comfort zone, you're not, yeah, you're not going to be improving and growing and learning. So mm-hmm. get out of your comfort zone, sign up to whatever it is you want to do or take a leap of faith and half of it, thing. I suppose. Yeah, just do the thing. Do the thing. And I think half of it, half of it is figuring it out on the way how to do the thing as well. I love it. No, in I, a concise I, way, true. do the thing. Yeah. Uh, like it, it's true. I think, you know, just sign up. The first step is signing up and then you've, yeah. you know, I've heard this a lot, just sign up and figure it out, you know, just yeah. take that leap of faith and bite the bull and just fucking get it done. Just do it, you know, do, the, do thing. the thing. Yeah, just do uh, the thing. Yeah, otherwise you'll wait five, ten years and you'll never do the thing. <laughs> <laughs> Look, thank you so much. Like, honestly, this has been genuinely really enjoyable. This has genuinely been so like I can't say I don't say this often, but you know I, I enjoy every single episode I do. But this one was more of like a a learning thing. I think a lot of people learn and mm. get something out of it. But yeah, I really appreciate you doing this. I know last week we were, I my daughter was sick. That's why I'm sick. And you were sick, yeah. <laughs> but just. Yeah, like taking the time out to do this and it's just, you know, again, I say this a lot, this is the hardest part of trying to align schedules and life happens and, you know, yeah, all I want to say is just thank you so much for doing this. I I really appre- I just appreciate it. I appreciate anyone and everyone that comes on here and wants to have a chat. Oh, thank you. No, I appreciate you having a chat with me. It's been awesome. Perfect. I'll let you go. Appreciate it. Peace. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>